Welcome to the Public Sector Marketing Show, a podcast for government and public sector marketing professionals who want to level up their digital marketing and social media knowledge, skills, and strategic thinking. And now, welcome your host, Joanne Sweeney. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Public Sector Marketing Show. In this episode, it's all about content repurposing. But first of all, I need to call out that creating content for web and social can cause overwhelm. It takes a lot of time. And yes, you may need to be skilled in a little bit of content creation. However, if you stick with me and watch right to the end, my promise to you is you could actually save one working day per week if you work smarter and not harder. So coming up in the show, what is content repurposing and how can you apply the framework to your own digital marketing strategy? I go through my content repurposing plan and give you a guide to how you can follow a step-by-step framework to save time and to get more reach and amplification. And I interview Amy Woods, the founder of Content 10X. She is the content repurposing queen. She's written the book in it, and she also hosts the podcast all about the topic. So if you want some content repurposing ideas, stay tuned. In today's column, I want to introduce you to or expand your knowledge on the concept of content repurposing. Content marketing is one of my favorite topics to talk about. And if you follow this show, you will know how much I get out of my content marketing efforts. Let's just think about how much content exists within your organization right now. And in my experience, content that should be online that should reach citizens so that they understand better the decisions that you're making that will affect them. That content is sitting on desks, it's sitting behind screens, it's sitting on servers, it's sitting on shelves, and it's not actually reaching the front line of good public sector communications. And why is that? Largely, it's because that those who are creating the content don't have a communications, marketing, or media word in their job title. And so they don't believe that communicating what they're creating is perhaps part of their job spec. You've heard me say it before, content marketing and digital communications is everyone's responsibility. Why do I say that? Well, I say it because the authors of the content need to ensure that that factual information that is articulated in a way perfect for social and digital actually reaches the channels and then is absorbed by the public that you want to target. Now, they needn't be digital content producers. They don't really even need to get into the content repurposing game. But what they do need to do is they need to make sure that they are sharing their subject matter expertise with you. So content repurposing is a method of starting with long-form content and then repurposing or recycling it into short social media bite-sized pieces that are perfect for scrolling on the newsfeed. The real aim here is to capture somebody's attention in a micro moment in the hope that we get their attention, they have some dwell time on that content, they're curious, they're interested, but ultimately that they click more and they go and seek the long read. So let's talk about the long read. Some people say that long form content is dead. It's absolutely not. It is alive and kicking. Did you know by 10 a.m. in the morning, there are 1 billion searches on Google? The modern day citizen is curious, demanding, and impatient. They are going to Google and they are seeking out information. And if you don't have it, trust me, they will go somewhere else. So what you want to think about in terms of content repurposing is starting with the long read. Is that video? Is it audio? Or is it text? The next thing that you want to think about is, well, what platforms do we need to repurpose it for? So 
if you stick with me and if you really get your mindset into this formula, it will save you time, you will reach more people, and you will be much more strategic with your content creation plan. And also, those subject matter experts within your organization, it's their time to shine. Level up your digital skills by taking our diploma in digital marketing, plus gain an industry qualification. Use the code DIGITALMARKETING20 for a 20% discount. Visit publicsectormarketingpros.com. In today's consulting segment, I'm going to take you through the content repurposing process. But before we do that, let's try and establish what the aim is of content marketing and repurposing. So the first thing that you want to do is you want to reach the right people on the right channel. And by this stage, you will already have defined the pillar messages. Secondly, you want their attention. It's not good enough anymore to have reach or to have impressions. Great content that connects emotionally or triggers a response will result in you getting engagement. That's a like, a comment, a share, a click, a video view, a real measure of success. And then finally, and ultimately, where is the conversion with your content? What is the call to action that you want the public to take? Don't ever forget to add a conversion or a call to action at the end of your content funnel. So now that we've established the goals and the objectives, we want to get into the the repurposing method. And remember, content repurposing will help you serve your content needs right across the social web. So from search engine optimization on your website, your social media, of course, email marketing, and then pay-per-click and advertising. All of the content that you are creating in this process is going to be funneled through all of these content marketing methods. So in terms of the steps to take for content repurposing, first of all, you've got to identify your long-form content. Is it text? Is it video? or is it audio? The next thing that you need to be clear on is the fundamental message or what I describe as the pillar message from that piece of content. Because with content repurposing, you never lose the message behind the delivery. The format is changing in terms of video to audio or audio to text, long form video to short form video. But the key message and the substance of the message is never lost. Thirdly, you want to decide in what formats you will be repurposing long-form content into. That will be decided by the channels and by the target audience where they're navigating online. Step four, then you're going to start the process of repurposing. And in order to help you here, you're going to have a suite of tools. So apps, software, maybe some automation tools to help you here because you're going to be creating graphics, short form video, blog posts, transcriptions, all sorts of infographics. And then finally, you've got to craft what I call the copy hook. The copy hook, the social media captions that are going to draw people into your content and to introduce the short form content that you are presenting. Let's have a look then at the workflow that I have created. You can see here there are eight stages in the workflow. What I've also done along the bottom that you can see is that if you were to outsource this, these are the type of skills that you would have to hire. However, I believe that by leaning in and leveraging software and tools and with a little bit of training, all of this can be done in-house. I know it because I do it myself. So from the video, and we're going to, this example is based on a long form video. So a video perhaps over five minutes. I usually work with clients who have maybe longer form video of maybe 20, 30 minutes, and we repurpose a lot of it. So you got to get your video and you got to subtitle it. Subtitles on video are hugely, hugely important. You'll also want to transcribe it, get a transcription. So turning video into text-based content. Then what you want to do is you want to create epic videos. Epic videos really shine online. They've got a static headline. They've got branding. They have a progress bar in terms of how much you have watched and how much is left to watch. And you also have the subtitles. 
It also is framed in some sort of a, a border and a box. Then we're going to take our transcription of that video and turn it into a blog post, an article, a Q&A or an FAQ piece that's going to be optimized and sit on our website. Then we're going to take some soundbite quotes and we want to turn these into short audiograms, for example, where we've got the audio playing and it's overlaid by some nice graphics. Then we've got lots of opportunity to create social graphics. So a preview of the full video, a soundbite clip, um, also uh, quote graphics, maybe a carousel for Instagram. And then you might go into an animated video. And why might you do this? So if you've got a piece to camera that's cut from your main video, oftentimes if it's an explainer, using animation is a great way to convince the public or indeed to educate them. Then, of course, you've got your audio and you want to deal with the audio. I've mentioned audiograms, which bring audio to life on the social networks. Of course, we can go into podcasting. We might even play some of those audio clips then on our Twitter spaces and then watch the space for Facebook audio. And then the last stage is scaling and really teaching your entire team and maybe even individuals and staff within other departments about this workflow. Because if you want to insource your story, you need to understand the concept of content repurposing. And in order, order to do it effectively, you need to practice, you need to practice, and you need to perfect. But I promise you, this method will save you time in the long run in terms of content creation. Why? Because you're reusing one single piece of content to churn out smaller bite-sized pieces, but is reinforcing a key message as opposed to just creating individual singular tweets or Facebook posts with really no impact. A one-stop shop digital marketing and social media resource. Join our membership academy for 12 months. Access a library of how-to videos, template strategies, and organizational policies. Monthly live coaching. Attend webinars with subject matter experts. Meet and network with public sector pros from across the world. Use the code MEMBERSHIP20 for a 20% discount. Visit publicsectormarketingpros.com. I'm delighted to share this interview with you with Amy Woods, who is the founder of Content 10X. She is a mastermind when it comes to content repurposing. She's written a book on the topic, Content 10X, which I have and which I absolutely love. And she also hosts a weekly podcast. So if you want to increase your content success 10 times, you got to listen to this interview. Amy Woods, you are so welcome to the Public Sector Marketing Show. Thank you for joining me. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. <laughs> so Amy and I go way back um, in digital marketing and in masterminding and just being fans of content and content repurposing. But as I said in the intro, you are the content repurposing queen. Maybe tell us how you got into it because you haven't been doing this forever. Uh, yeah, it's quite a, a, a funny story because, uh, yeah, I don't actually come from the uh, a background in content or like create running business creative agencies or anything like that but I am um, how I got into it so the short story I was a management consultant as a career for 13 years or so and really keen to start my own business and I'd always been keen to start my own business even when I started at Accenture I was like I'm only doing this for two years and then I'm gonna get my own business and that never and then two became 13 years um and I guess I always thought you know I I needed to have a big invention so I was just always watching Dragon's Den and things like that just like <laughs> that'll be my way out um but then I um like had a period of ill health and had a bit of time off work so off the hamster wheel of the corporate world and um, started learning all about online businesses so then I thought right I'm going to start an online business and found people like Pat Flynn and Gary Vaynerchuk and Amy Porterfield other people that you find when you research online businesses and um 
and started a business where it was more like business consultancy online. So uh, like course, things like that. And I was creating content. So I was very convinced content marketing is what you should do. You should be blogging or live streaming and things like that to get people to know, like, and trust you. And I started to repurpose content myself. So I had this system of going live and then turning that video into a YouTube video, turning that into quote graphics and a blog post and things like that and I had a team of people supporting me so um, a designer on the on the graphics um, a writer on the blog post you know like just a, a team of freelancers and I, I guess I wasn't super passionate about that business I knew it wasn't the thing that I'd found I was more kind of playing around and learning skills and it, I just noticed at that point that this is a business actually because instead of juggling all these different freelancers, wouldn't it be good if you could just pay one point of contact, one business to send you quality content to and then they have the team of different experts across different skill sets and your content comes back, you know, fully repurposed. So it was that, it was doing it myself and, and I guess um, the classic seeing a problem and try to solve it, seeing the problem that people do either sit on mountains of content that they're not getting enough return on the investment from the time and effort that they've put into it or just regularly churning out you know having like a weekly video or weekly podcast or churning content out and again just the problem of, of just being confused as to where to put the content what to do you know trying to be everywhere not having a system in place and just solving that problem of trying to streamline it for for people and um, so like yeah long long story short is that's when I just went all in on content 10x and started the creative agency and funnily enough even though I feel like it's still a startup I don't think it is anymore because this isn't the, the fourth May is the fourth birthday of content 10x we've been repurposing content for four years now which is it's kind of cool <laughs> so yeah that's the story so congratulations on being four years old it is no and you've also survived a pandemic as have <laughs> so well done us now both you and i have a huge appreciation for content marketing and content repurposing but what i think that where your edge is, and specifically I'm thinking about my audience, government and public sector, which you also know very well, is that they, out of all kind of spheres of society, are such authority on their content. If you think about the National Health Service, the scientists, the researchers who've been putting together the vaccines, I mean, the public have been scouring and just running around that content because they're like, I want a vaccine. Tell me what's in it. When am I getting it? Public sector have been trending on social media for the past 15 months because they are subject matter experts. And I think they are a sector that are most underutilizing content repurposing as a strategy. Where does somebody start if this is a new concept or if they are now willing to hand over that quality content to somebody like you? What's the first step to take? Well, I mean, I think you make such a good point because there isn't anybody, any other organisation, business person in the world who has a more broader audience than the public sector. So when I think of our clients, we may be reaching, um, you know, sales businesses or they may want to reach people who have over a million in wealth or something to invest or something like that. Public sector every single person who can you know who can read and, and write and you know adults basically um that they, they have to reach and how challenging is that so through the pandemic trying to get really important information to um 16 year olds in a park through to elderly people on their own through to you know families people who don't speak english as a first language like it's so diverse isn't it so i was just going to say that i think content repurposing is is so important with the public sector because you have these messages and really what what we're saying is communicating messages in different ways so taking the way that you communicate a message to you know so let's say a key broadcast that's going out to um, like the general public and then how can we take that message and make it more relatable to this audience to that audience should we change the format should we change where we put this message should we break it down differently so that's what repurposing is and so I guess in terms of um, of where to start so you know how we get how are we going to do this um, it starts usually with like the longest form content so the biggest 
piece of research or the the epic piece, you know, I guess like the the cornerstone <laughs> piece of content, and then kind of working out how you are going to maybe break that down. So how so where are the different places that you want to reach people, and what are the different formats that you want to reach people um, in audio format, in video format, in short form, in graphics or infographics, you know, visual content. So what are the different format types? What are the different places and and then developing that plan then if we'll get as much great quality like rich you know researched information into the main piece but we'll plan out how we are going to break this down is that going to become an, a colorful infographic is it also going to become a pamphlet is it going to become um some tweets let's say or whatever so really breaking it down and i think for the public sector in particular, um, you know, when we're looking at cost savings as well and doing things in the most efficient way, in the slickest way possible, there's nothing more important really than having a repurposing plan for the content. Because if you start at the top and then you have a really decent, slick way of then repurposing that, it's it's more efficient than just, you know, kind of churning out from different places, different teams on different areas, but actually more efficient to work in that way. Um, and efficiency, you know, is what public sector should be about as well. So it's a way to plan out how you can communicate the message to the diverse audience in the most efficient way possible. And I think really it is good to just start with the biggest piece um, and kind of break it down that way. <laughs> You know what? Um, like I, I teach social and digital to this sector, um, but I always, always re-emphasize. I was like, guys, you'll never reach your goals without a process. And I'm finding myself more and more actually having to teach process and standard operating procedures and not just teaching social media or digital. Whereas yeah. that's what you've already mastered. You've done the hard work and you've tested it over four years. So when you meet a client, um, and let's again, think about government and public sector, will you then be mapping a process that aligns with their organization, their content and their audience? Are you gonna do that hard graph for them? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's what that's part of what we do because every everyone's so different in terms of that, in terms of their audience. And it it's it's about, like you said, getting the right process in place, having really solid processes, everyone understands what they need to do, um, and repeatable processes. So consistency so important as well. And then it's it's then kind of making sure that you're not trying to over systemize and kind of over process things that you take out the creativity and the and, and lose what the core message is you know it's just like we are robots kind of thing we're not trying to do that we're trying to say you need to be really focused on quality and still have that creativity but it's got to be wrapped up in a process yeah so yeah that's what we 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 do with um you know the people that we work with it's uh, very much understanding the audience and what message is going to resonate what type of content is going to resonate and then understanding what kind of content that the people we work with are comfortable creating and going to be creating the best quality content and getting the message out in the best possible way and then we fill the gaps I guess then you know we then we're devising and you know in the, that's what we do really so then that's the, the process that we follow to get from a to b c d e f g h i j so all the different places so um yeah super super important and you know what the the promise is you spoke about value for money because taxpayers money it has to be transparent but imagine getting uh, being efficient with public money and also scaling messaging yeah. you know and this is the complete opposite of traditional media yes you can scale message but you're you're not targeting your audience to young and old so it's really a disruptive model talk to us a little bit about how a live stream maybe ends up cross-platform um, so, so that somebody can, can visualize how, how it might happen for them. Yeah, sure. So um, I love the fact that you said live stream because I think that live streams are such a great core piece of content. Now, I know not everybody is, you know, completely comfortable with the, the prospect of going live, but with, with live stream, just saying at the top of that pyramid, you have not just content, but an experience that you are inviting people to take part in. So firstly, it's a, it's a content experience. It's like 4D, isn't it? So you, um, you're allowing access to you. You can, um, 
let people engage you can um, have q and a's and interactions and things like that so there's the openness the transparency um, and all of that which is obviously really important in the public sector and um, but if you plan your live stream in such a way that you have sections that are not uh, kind of um live in the sense of having like banter with the people who are you know someone's just attend that live and you know um let's ask some questions comment below things like that so have a section that is really core focus on the message focus on the um what you are you know presenting on um and let people know you know that you're going to be presenting for the next 10 minutes or so then you'll take questions at the end that kind of thing then you have the core message there so let's say I'm going to say, for example, like a 10 minute section of presentation. So, you know, then you can repurpose that into other video content. So not everybody is going to attend a long form video, whether it's pre-recorded or live stream. So firstly, just looking at the fact that you can repurpose the long video down into more bite-sized pieces of video content. So you may be creating shorter videos that you could share on Twitter or on Facebook or on Instagram, perhaps not. I want to say not TikTok because I don't think that that kind of content is TikTok has its own very specific type of content. Happy to talk about that in a moment, but I don't think you'd take video snippets for TikTok. Um, but you know, the other social platforms, YouTube as well. So, you know, taking a core aspect of the video that would be great for YouTube. So that's the video creating more video content. But of course, then you can create written content as well. So all the value that came out of that live stream and then incorporating what people ask questions about as well and the answers that were provided to those questions and provide almost a journalistic um, review of the live stream so not a transcript but actually a well-written kind of journalistic take on that live stream on the questions asked on the messages that were shared things like that so where can that go you know that can go on your website that can go in other publications that you have you know print as well as online so that can go in loads of different places um, and that can also be broken down into other social media posts that could become a linkedin post you could probably create five or ten or more linkedin posts from that or tweets or facebook posts etc so written content can go on and produce more bite-sized written content as well um, and also you know if you if you have the appetite for it and the platform for it you can extract audio from that core piece of content you know top and tail intros outros and before you know it you could have a podcast episode from that as well so you know there's that side as well if there's um a desire and not just a podcast episode but just it in audio format as well even if that audio file um sits on a website so it isn't in, in the podcast directories and things like that but providing audio content um and again, I think here there's also we're talking about accessibility as well. So, you know, making the content more accessible um, for people who, you know, not just learning preferences and content preferences, but different people in society who perhaps can't watch videos or whatever or, or aren't going to be able to read what would like to listen so there's the audio you know there's and and creating visual content too perhaps taking out some powerful quotes or some really great points that were made or a really get a good question that came out of that live stream and turning that into um engaging visual content graphics things like that that again could be shared on social or on websites and, and things like that so really just you know the, the top of the pyramid there's loads and, and let's not forget maybe not so much public sector but you might get a blooper in there as well and <laughs> that kind of thing so even just like other aspects of engaging content but all of that can come from one live stream so if you think about if you did that weekly imagine just how much content could come. Um, what I think is such, so great about this approach is that it's keeping you consistent to your message as well. So the, the consistency, what was shared in that live stream and all the content that comes after, after is totally consistent and you know on message with what you are sharing in, in the congruency is there. And I think, again, that's what people value, isn't it? The consistency of the messaging. So um, yeah, there's a lot you can do. <laughs> And for for the private sector, the whole aim of content marketing is ultimately lead generation or sales. Mm -hmm. For government and pub public sector, the ultimate conversion is public trust and yeah. understanding why a policy has been taken or why you should take a vaccine. 
Um, and that comes with transparency and transparency happens with great content marketing. So I know that you you manage um, content repurposing for clients, but you're also looking at the numbers behind that content as well. So can you say definitively that content marketing and repurposing as a strategy can exponentially increase reach and impact for the clients that, that you've worked with? Oh, yeah. So, um, I mean, it's it's funny you should say that because I was just looking at a case study interview that we did with a client who um, we're writing some content for. So we interviewed them and just asked them about how it's been, you know, since they started creating content and repurposing and things like that. And he, he was basically the founder of this company was telling us that when um, they used to get all of their clients mainly through all these live events that they used to run so they'd run about 20 live events throughout the course of the year and so that's what they did all in 2019 that's where most clients came from so when the pandemic hit and of course they're seeing that they can't run the 20 events and they had this big um these big goals they were a wealth management business and they had this goal that they wanted to get 20 million dollars in assets to manage for the year and then in march they said let's not forget about that target at all. Let's just keep this, this business going. Let's all say staying sane and happy. Throw that out the window for now. Um, we've not got the events to run. Let's at least stay buoyant, that kind of thing. But they embraced a content plan. So they started doing weekly video that became a podcast, that became all this other content, blog posts, things like that. Um, and the long story short is that they didn't just reach that target, but they exceeded that target um, and all of their clients, new clients came from all of this content that they'd been creating. And as the months went on, people were saying to them, I feel like I know you because, you know, I've been listening to your podcast avidly. Um, the sales process was smoother because of the content as well. And like, it's a very similar proposition, but in their line of work, nobody works with them unless they trust them. If they're, they're going to hand over you know, a million dollars of assets to be managed through their wealth management company. You've got to trust who you're handing it over to. So massive trust play. Um, and yet with all the live events gone, but through powerful trust building content, they managed to exceed their target during the pandemic year. And it, they attributed it all to the fact that they were, they were building trust through the content um, so yeah, quite a cool story when they told us that because it just shows what content can do. <laughs> and right now there are so many diverse ways that we can repurpose content. What are some of the new features that you're excited about? I mean, podcasting, I know you're a huge fan of because you have the Content 10X podcast. Mm -hmm. I mean, are is Clubhouse and Twitter Spaces something that you're that you're looking at? I know you can't record in those, that's kind of live only, but audio as a form of content is growing in popularity right yeah i think it's funny one clubhouse because um because although it's audio content i suppose it's not comparable to a podcast in that it's more comparable to a live stream isn't it it's comparable to doing a facebook or linkedin or youtube live it's just that it's audio only live versus video live and you can't get the, rec the recording at the end of it and um, um, so i think um the, the thing with clubhouse is from a repurposing perspective i see it more as being somewhere where if you ha are building a community through your content so if you you know, and, and lots of, you know, community is obviously everything with many content creators. They're all trying to build this community. And in the podcasting world, some of the most popular podcasts are actually really powered by these really strong communities that follow the podcast. I think I see something like Clubhouse and I guess Twitter, Twitter Spaces, they must admit, I've not looked loads into that. But with, with Clubhouse, I think it's more a place where you can, let's say you were doing a weekly podcast on a particular topic um, to mention in the podcast that you are going to be over on Clubhouse and make it regular consistency again, so important. So, you know, every four o'clock on a Friday, we have a Clubhouse discussion about the podcast episode topic that week. Um, we'll bring in certain experts. And if you've got anything to say on the matter, that kind of thing, come along. I think it's, it's just going to be really good for that for community building so not so much kind of repurposing it, things that happen in clubhouse though i do think that if you really did want to repurpose 
con like clubhouse discussions to have somebody in your team there making notes picking out like key quotes things like that the important things that people said that kind of thing and then turning it into an article like a write-up um turning it into tweets things like that you can still do that but i see it more as um a community building and, and at the moment i guess it's as we speak now it is restricted i know it's now on opened up to android in america this week um and, and it, i'm surprised there hasn't been much hoo-ha about that which i do wonder if it does mean that the con the clubhouse bubble is popping a little bit because that kind of does seems to have slipped through only in america i know but still everyone was saying it's only on um, Apple now it is on Android and it seems to have slipped by um so it was quite restrictive wasn't it just on Apple devices but that's becoming that's fixing and um invite only but it didn't seem too hard to get an invitation so when it is just like wider and broader everywhere um yeah I think community building and, and I wonder on Twitter spaces if that's what people are going to just kind of focus on doing there and I don't know if it's ever going to really open up to being recorded because I wonder if there's just too many privacy um, issues with that I'm not sure to be honest but then can't be that much different to a Facebook live I guess or LinkedIn live so we'll see. <laughs> so you kind of name dropped TikTok what are your thoughts on TikTok as a channel and where's the repurposability opportunity we know instagram don't want it they're they're <laughs> no they don't i think um well yeah because instagram reels obviously that's really similar to tiktok and when you look at instagram reels you could be forgiven for just thinking you're on tiktok really because it's exactly the same uh, viral songs that go viral on both um but you're right if you if you put a tiktok video onto instagram you, you will not get much reach at all because they they obviously have AI that spots that a mile off, not to mention if you keep the TikTok logo on. Um, I think my opinions are that it's such a it's a platform that has such a specific type of content on there that if um if you were to just try and let's say put an audiogram, so you know, we've had people before say, could we put the audiogram so where it's just audio and a static and it an image? Um, could they go on TikTok? And you know, our answer will be, well, no, <laughs> that is not what somebody on TikTok is wanting or expecting to see. That's not TikTok content, it's not respecting the platform and what people are there for, what people are looking for. Um, and I, I think you could take some video clips from some types of content, but you'd really still have to make sure that they were. Um, TikTok friendly so you know you see stand-up comedians taking like sections from their sets and things like that and repurposing them so I I on TikTok I love to actually watch like just like little sets from people from some of the funny comedians and, and things like that that works well but I don't think maybe just taking a section from a YouTube video that doesn't stand alone enough to compete against the other engaging TikTok content is necessarily going to work so I think on TikTok um it's, it's a great idea if you have, you know, an audience on there and you think it's worthwhile. So, you know, the public sector trying to reach the young people, the teenagers and things like that, TikTok is definitely a great platform to do that. But I just think it's a case of having um, TikTok expertise, you know, having a TikTok strategy. And I have seen, I'm sure you have too, but I've seen some like broader like government posts on TikTok about um, like it was two meter rule or things like that or staying at home when we were in deeper lockdown and things like that and they were just so unplatform specific you know just like some really boring corporate looking um image or, or like a man stood in a suit making an announcement that you should stay at home just like oh god i wish we could, we could have just engaged um somebody who could have helped them come up with something that would have been a bit more specific to the platform and a bit more tiktok friendly and brought even fun into it while still sharing a very important message. So, um, yeah, I guess my opinion on that is that, like, you can't force things to TikTok, I don't think. I do think you have to be, you have to respect that platform very specifically for what people are looking for. Otherwise, it just won't work. <laughs> so what's your perfect formula for repurposing then if you're beginning to work with a client? Um, what do you ask of them and what will you deliver? Well, I think um, I think in terms of like what we ask of them. So, firstly, it is just really important for, that they have a content strategy so that they do understand who their audience is, um, how they're trying to reach them, um, that they are kind of 
you know, committed to creating quality content as well. So they have a strategy in place. They know who they're trying to reach and are, you know, going to be creating really good, like rich content. And then from that, like, you know, typically, so typically our clients either have videos or podcasts. So it's usually video or audio that comes to us. Um, we, you know, as long as there's also kind of, they've got branding as well. So, you know, they, they have a brand, they have a look and feel and we can create everything kind of and they have a tone of voice or they are developing a tone of voice that we can study and understand. Then, you know, we basically become a part of that client's business or, or, or team, you know, so to speak. So then um, it's very seamless actually for us. As long as we get what we need, tone of voice, branding, understand the client, understand strategy, we develop what we are going to do. You asked at the start about process. So we develop the process, make sure everybody's happy with the process. And then, you know, it's very smooth then. So as long as the, there's the focus for the client on creating the core piece of quality content, and that comes to us on the schedule that we agree on, we just kind of then do everything else. So like it's supposed to be extremely light touch. So hand it to us and then we will, you know, follow that process. The team will kick in, do the work, and then we we create lots of assets. So a video becomes shorter videos, graphics, blog posts, potentially a podcast episode, publish it all out across the platforms too, if if they want us to. Um, and then then we're on to the next one, basically. So their focus is the core content and our focus is everything that comes thereafter. Um, just kind of checking in with, on the strategy as well, making sure that we're still all aligned, that they're reaching who they need to be reaching, if anything needs to change. Um, and um, yeah, just you know, really trying to maximize all that hard work that's put into that first piece really as a joint effort to um, reach as many people as possible, but in the ways that different people consume content basically and I know we've spoken a lot about cross-platform repurposing but if an agency is specifically focused on Twitter and LinkedIn you can equally repurpose because I follow your podcast yeah. every week I follow your the great carousel tips that you have on Insta oh. in particular and you go really deep into repurposing at a channel level so yeah if you're listening to this or watching this you don't have to be cross-platform. There's so much opportunity within singular platforms too, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like you mentioned, the carousel posts. I mean, like, look at Instagram. Um, there's carousel posts, which can work brilliantly. Um, there's the images and then there's video posts. You've got reels. You've got Instagram stories. Um, there's IGTV for the longer form, um, live as well, obviously. And that's one platform, isn't it? Like that, there's so, and, and then you don't have to use every feature of every platform. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, I guess a key thing for me is I don't think you should have a social media strategy. I think you do need an Instagram strategy, a Twitter strategy, a Facebook strategy. And then I'm not saying that you should be on every single platform either, but the platforms that you're on, they each need their own strategy. So that's what we focus on at Content and X. So let's talk about then the metrics of content. Would you be responsible for having a look at metrics um, on some client projects and seeing how their content is performing and maybe using that to inform how people might change up their content plan? Yeah, we do. I mean, we don't kind of own and maintain the metric. So we're looking and if our clients have, um, do you know, if they are maintaining, if they have dashboards or use programs and things like that, that bring the metrics together, then we make sure that we get access to that. Um, but yeah, it's so important because it's all just a um, trial and error a lot of the time, isn't it? Even if something seems to be working and it works well for a while, if you start to notice that the metrics are saying something different, you've got to pivot, you've got to change. And so it, as much as it's important with any core piece of content, it's just as important with every single repurposed asset as well. So um, looking at the metrics, but then making sure that you're not, I suppose, getting to kind of, I suppose, obsessed with what you might call some of the vanity metrics. So because we um, work with a lot of like businesses that are trying to grow their business, their main metric isn't, for example, podcast downloads, it's growing their business. So, you know, if they are only having, I don't know, like two or 300 people listening to their podcast, and I say only like, you know, not 
belittling or anything. Um, but they are seeing like consistent new clients coming in and their business is growing and people are, um, you know, enjoying actually seeing all the sound bites that they're sharing and seeing the tweets that they're sharing and suddenly they've raised their own authority in their industry through having that podcast and you know they're getting asked to speak at events because suddenly people have seen how good they are at communicating their message and things like that and you know then doesn't really matter how many podcast downloads there are it matters that they just got 20 new clients that month uh, you know so just making sure that we are focusing on not becoming the next biggest Joe, Joe Rogan or the next biggest YouTuber, but actually business growth or whatever it may be, whatever the metrics are. I know it's different for public sector, like you said, but um, just making sure that we're really clear on what is the most important and just focusing on that, basically. So I have your book, Amy, and I absolutely love it. Um, oh, it sits near me um, in on my desk. Um, the book was, it's such a handbook. And then you have the podcast that supports it. And of course, the podcast is kind of in real time. What's your next venture in terms of bringing us more of your nuggets? Um, obviously, you've got social as well. I mean, are you planning something new? Because content in the digital world, I suffer from it too. It changes at such a speed that you you hate to be left behind. You know what? Um, it's so funny you should say that because we had this big meeting on Monday where we were kind of like going through everything and trying to make some big changes and decisions and things like that. Um, I'd love to say it was another book, but I don't think I've got another book in me just yet, or rather there is, but I just don't have the time for that. Um, although, um, as we chatted before, I think there'll be a, an updated version of the book, actually. Um, we're currently working on a bit of a rebrand of Content 10X. So I think when we put out the rebrand, um, probably slightly update the book and things like that. But I am, um, so I've been doing quite a lot of video content. Um, so there's usually on a weekly basis, a new video that goes onto LinkedIn and um, also YouTube and our website. Quite often that's the repurposed audio to the podcast. And um, sometimes it's just audio only, but um, I guess like more video content, but I think, and I, I don't hold me to this because I'm still a bit unsure, but I think I'm going to start going more in on Instagram reels, actually on Instagram, not um dancing and and things like that that's just not going to be me at all <laughs> like that like all of the dancing and things like that but I've seen some great ways um that business uh businesses um and more kind of I guess like formal messaging as opposed to like other types of content on um reels I've seen some great ways that you can do that without having to having to you know dance and things like that but without being boring too and still really conforming to the real style but finding the kind of the viral um trends and the viral ways to share on there that is going to work for businesses and still be fun so i think it's going to be kind of in that area doing that and then you mentioned carousels like linkedin like more carousel type posts more document posts things like that over there on linkedin and just more uh, thought leadership type content on LinkedIn as well. So text only, you know, sharing thoughts that they seem to work really well over there. Um, but yeah, like no kind of major like new podcast or anything that like that coming out at the moment. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I, I know the feeling that the update of the book is is on my list as well. And mm -hmm. as you say, I think the edutainment approach to reels and yeah. um, that can transfer to, to TikTok as well. Because yeah. I also love to dance, but I like to dance in a disco as opposed to dancing on social media. To I really do as well. Yeah. If if I'm out and there's like, and there's good music or something, yeah. then I'll absolutely join in and, and go and, and dance. But so there's something that I don't hold me to it, but I'm actually I can categorically tell you that I'm not going to be like doing the um the reels dances and things like that but um but I do uh, let's say I, I'm convinced that you can still create like fun with the, still using some of the music or the, the viral sounds that they use and things like that but incorporate that in without going to like um you know what's what what on earth is she doing she's completely had a personality transplant <laughs> so yeah we'll see I just think it's the way that it on Instagram it is where you are getting engagement though you know how you don't really get more followers if you put things in stories that's really more for people who are following you um so then it's more in the the post in the main feed and um 
as much as you could be putting quote graphics or um, images or a video on there it does seem to be that reels is the place and like and like you mentioned the reel could go onto tiktok if you have an audience over there on tiktok as well and and you can just you can use that idea and then turn that into a tweet as well and things like that so there's there's more that you can do so we'll, we'll see um, but it seems like the uh the thing to try <laughs> Well, you know, what? I'm going to, we all have to watch the space guys. Cause I think in my audience too, we might not have a lot of dancers no. for Instagram. Um, and I'm glad that you qualified and put it on the record that we do love dancing in the right setting, but not on social media. Exactly. <laughs> Uses of us of being fogies. We're not. Where can people, um, uh, find you they have to subscribe to the podcast because I absolutely love it I get so oh, much on my weekly walks slash jogs from you but um tell us where we can find you um yeah it's just to go to content10x.com really so content10x.com um because you'll just find lots of content there um and there's links to the podcast in the book and everything like that so it's probably just best content10x.com and you'll find me there Amy, always a pleasure to talk to you. And thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fantastic. Level up your social media skills by taking our diploma in social media, plus gain an industry qualification. Use the code socialmedia20 for a 20% discount. Visit publicsectormarketingpros.com. If you want to download the infographics and the workflows mentioned in this episode, Go ahead and go over to publicsectormarketingpros.com and find the blog post associated with the show. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate all the feedback, the questions, and also the suggestions for topics for further episodes. If you enjoy the show, please share it with one other person. It'll make a huge difference to my growing following. And as always, I'd really appreciate a rate and review on the podcast platforms. But from me, for now, until next time, stay digital. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Public Sector Marketing Show. This episode has ended, but your digital journey can continue. Head over to publicsectormarketingpros.com to access resources and links mentioned in today's show and to connect with Joanne and her team. Until the next time, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform.